0: welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Noah Tyree and I'm here with Chad Davis, Devin Davis, and Josh DeVall.
1: How's it going? How's it going?
0: And today we're going to talk about some sports. Feel free to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter at pod. Don't forget to subscribe to our iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube accounts and send in questions or comments to us at TheFTSPod at gmail.com. As we mentioned last episode, be sure to join our NFL.com Predict a Pick Contest group with the group name being From the Sidelines. The link can be found on our Twitter. And let's go ahead and get into it.
1: Kicking things off, starting April 11th, the Masters. What do you guys think? Well, uh, Tiger's been impressive. He's at well, negative Chad, six. Chad, guess what? We don't care about the Masters. We're getting on to the NBA playoffs, kicking it off with Golden State Warriors at the one seed and the Los Angeles Clippers at the eight seed. Um, Is there any reason to play that series? Is, is there any reason yeah. to call it a series at all?
0: That's a better question. Sounds
2: like we need to get our brooms out, boys.
3: Uh, I,
0: think. I feel like <laughs> Doc Rivers can get a win under his belt, but I don't see him going past five.
1: They probably take Uh, that home. I'd be surprised if they get
0: one. (laughs) You know, we're probably all right about that. I'm just trying to be optimistic here
1: for the sake of playoffs. But when the Warriors have five all-star caliber players starting and I just don't see that happening because especially after the Clippers traded away, you know, Tobias Harris, I don't they have like no real star. I mean, D'Amelio Gallinari has definitely been stepping it up for them. But as far as that goes, I don't feel like they can keep up with the Warriors well, I mean
0: they got Lou Will and Lou Will we trust?
1: <laughs> yeah, and will we trust? Playoff
0: <laughs> warriors should be feared
1: and have the utmost respect <laughs>
0: as they have for the last 4 years.
1: Yeah, I think really the only real matchup advantage that the Clippers have is that power forward spot because I I think Danilo Gallinari is better than Draymond Green this year, but what do you guys think? Nah, that's that's agreeable. That's very agreeable. He's a better scorer
0: than Draymond wishes he could ever be. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. Draymond thinks he's a
1: shooter just because the rest of his team can shoot, and it's just not happening. not happening. Well, donkeys don't have hands, so they don't know how to how to use them. <laughs> 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 But as far as everything else goes, I think that the Warriors definitely have a matchup advantage. You know, Steph Curry on Gilgis Alexander. Um, as much as I love Shea, I think Curry should have an easy uh, easy round.
3: Hey, Steph gets to face the bruiser in uh, Patrick Beverly, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Wear can. those
0: knee braces.
3: Yeah, he gets to do that for
1: four or five games. <laughs> four or five games, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five yeah that's funny um i think it's definitely gonna be four honestly um i think that the clippers do have a better bench though of course with patrick beverly and lou will i think they've got the warriors in that aspect what do you guys think
0: absolutely but who needs a bench when you have five all-stars so
1: can't afford a bench and nor do you need it like
2: noah just said (laughs) you're not wrong
0: and moving on from what we would call the series, uh, it is the two and seven seeds in the West, Nuggets and Spurs. What are your calls there?
1: I'm taking Nuggets. What do you guys think? I'm going to take the Spurs.
2: <laughs> the upset? Ooh. Well, see, the West is really stacked. So really, all of these other series are going to be really good. Um, I would probably still go Nuggets, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was a seven-game series.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be definitely a more entertaining series than the uh, Warriors and Clippers because you know the, as far as the San Antonio Spurs go, I think they have more competitive players than the Clippers do. I think they have a better roster. You know, with Demar Derozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, I think that they can keep up with the Nuggets and make it a seven-game series.
0: Absolutely, and they have the best shooting redheaded guy I've ever seen in the league with Bertrand. Uh, I've seen that man splash at least four threes in a row out of the twenty twenty games out of the eighty-two seasons, So uh, they have certainly have better depth than what people may think. But again, it's Denver and their team. They had a fifty-win season. This day. that that's completely undeniable, and San Antonio didn't, and. Uh, that's something you have to take into account for because you don't get that record without depth or anything like that but uh, once again it's greg popovich as well and you can never undoubt that man's coaching
1: mind you just yep, can't yep.
3: i'm definitely looking forward to the lamarcus aldridge and uh, jokic uh, matchup in the post this series
1: oh yeah i agree but whenever you know whenever Lamarcus well, Aldridge is out of the game and they have uh, Jakob Pertle in. I don't really see how he can match up well against Jokic. I think you you one just with wanted... the name Jakob Pertle can't be good at basketball.
0: I think we just wanted an excuse to save the man's name. Probably.
1: Yeah, I really did, honestly. Um, it would be very wise of the Nuggets to have Mason Plumley in at that point whenever Jakob Pertle is in and give Jokic some rest. Absolutely. He can ball indeed.
0: As soon as you see Pertle walk up to that sub mat. And... Take them out.
1: What do you all think about the guard matchup?
3: Uh, I definitely think when you look at the Spurs backcourt with DeMar DeRozan and Bryn Forbes, first the young rising stars and Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, uh, I think I'll take the playoff experience with DeMar DeRozan, which is probably one of the main reasons I'm calling the upset uh, for the Spurs over the Nuggets. Um, Jamal Murray has definitely enjoyed a nice breakout this year, averaging 18.2 points a game. And Gary Harris uh, rebounded from injury nicely, uh, but I definitely think uh, Bryn Forbes stepped in, stepped up this year, started 81 of the 82 games. And when you pair him with a perennial all-star like DeMar DeRozan, I like that uh, advantage in the backcourt for the Spurs.
1: Yeah, one thing I definitely like about that Spurs backcourt is uh, the fact that they have really good defense, and that's one thing that I think is superior over the Nuggets backcourt. You know, as well as Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are on offense, I think the that the Spurs backcourt is superior in defense. Yeah, when those two guards
2: get open shots in Murray and Harris, they're gonna have to knock down a lot of them because there's no telling like how many open shots they're gonna get. Because I like. I just like DeRozan's defense, as you said. I definitely
3: like the Nuggets' depth advantage, though. When you look at players like Malik Beasley, uh, Mason Plumlee, Hernan Gomez coming off the bench, uh, they can definitely provide some nice depth that the Spurs don't really have the luxury of having on their roster.
2: Yeah, they have Derek White. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, moving on to the 3- and 6-seed matchup in the West. This is a very, very intriguing matchup, in my opinion. We got the Portland Trail Blazers and the OKC Thunder. What are your thoughts on that series?
0: Are we going to put fandom aside, or are we going to talk about this professionally?
2: Uh, We could put professionally.
0: Uh, well, I see the Blazers kind of giving them a run at a six or seven game series, but I feel like with Nurkic gone... And uh, Al Farouk getting up there in age and um, just I, I just don't see it happening for him. I feel like the Thunder have him be here. I feel
2: like the Thunder are the better team. But uh, people are just sleeping on Portland. After what happened to them last year, getting swept by the Pelicans. I think uh, Dame Dalla will be a man on a mission.
1: You know, yeah. here's the thing. I'm not sleeping on Portland because their backup point guard is Evan Turner. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think the Thunder definitely have a better bench because I think Dennis Schroeder is a good spark off the bench offensively and defensively. And I think that Nerland's Noel is also a good spark off the bench with all of his defense. What do you guys think? Don't forget Jeremy Grant, too. He's improving this year.
0: It really depends on what Billy Donovan's going to do here. Is he going to be an X as an O type of guy, or is he going to be a minute restriction type of guy, rotation type of guy? I don't know with him anymore, and I never will. <laughs> and... That's an accurate statement. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad somebody sees it, and I, I really think it's up to Billy Donovan on this. If it's up to him, if we're a first round exit or not.
3: I think uh, one aspect is uh, Paul George's health. Uh, he said he's been ready to go. He's cleared for Game 1. Uh, so hopefully he returns back to his early to midseason form and the shoulder injury doesn't linger in the playoffs. Uh, the Trailblazers are also getting C.J. McCollum back for Game 1. So I think the health of those two uh, all-stars for their respective teams will uh, dictate this matchup.
1: And I really think that um, – I also think that with Nurkic being out, I think Steven Adams will have a really good few games. Um, I think that he'll do – I think he'll step it up, and I think he'll be able to score easily. Get better, be better at rebounding, and be better defensively. He'll get Over. to he'll
3: get to face the uh, former Thunder Enos Kanter.
1: Ooh, the Stash Bros going at it. <laughs> no, I think I think we should
0: really be afraid of Myers Leonard here. I don't know what you all are talking
1: about. I don't know Myers Leonard can't stand it. I don't Aquaman. I don't
0: think Myers Leonard stands a chance <laughs> in that matchup.
1: <laughs> he does have height because he is seven one, but. Steven Adams is probably, in my opinion, one of the strongest people in the league, and, you know, he's Aquaman, so.
0: (laughs) I honestly believe he may be
1: the, but that's up for debate. And
0: moving on to the last playoff matchup in the West, the four-seed Rockets playing the fifth-seed Jazz. Uh, To me, this may be one of the more intriguing series, even though everybody and their mother is saying it's not going to be. What are your all thoughts?
1: James Harden. I'm gonna, gonna, yeah. Um, James Harden. That's that's all you gotta say. Um, you know, as much as I like Donovan Mitchell, um, I don't know if he'd really be able to keep up with James Harden. Um, he's taken. I think Donovan Mitchell personally, I think he's taken a bit of a dip since his rookie season, scoring wise, and I think that James Harden has obviously taken you know, a big leap scoring-wise, averaging 36 points a game. So I think that James Harden is just going to dominate as usual. And he'll be able to put
3: uh, Rudy Gobert in pick and rolls. Isolation on Rudy Gobert. I don't see
1: he's not that matchup going
3: well at all. <laughs>
1: and, Dude, yeah, yeah. I, and you know, Rudy Gobert is great defensively, but offensively I, he's, he's good, but I don't see him doing well against Clint Capella because Clint Capella is also very good defensively. Yeah, he just has a high, he
3: just has a high motor, always crashing the boards. Um, he'll definitely be able to counteract the Rudy Gobert
1: size advantage in the post. Hey, but our uh, our favorite guy Grayson Allen finishing the regular season pretty hot. Maybe he'll have a a good uh, good playoff run. Grayson uh, Allen. Oh Obviously, God. I'm joking. Obviously, I'm joking. Uh, I'm gonna throw that out he there.
3: Hey, bro, uh, he scored 40 points in the season finale. I know what Josh is talking about, right? Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying, yeah. (laughs) I do not think that he'll make a good playoff run, though. I think that would be uh, very surprising because, you know, it's Grayson Allen. But as far as, you know, the bench for the Jazz go, um, I don't think it's that great. Uh, I think Kyle Corver can come off and knock down some shots. But other than that, I don't really see anybody doing that well off their bench. Maybe Dante Exum, but... Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. But when you... Yeah, I just don't think that they have a great bench.
2: Maybe I'm not giving Utah enough credit, but I'm pretty sure that Houston will win this series pretty easily. I know Utah has a pretty rowdy uh, home court advantage, especially in the playoffs. I mean, Uh, you know, I just just think the Rockets should
1: win the series very handily. Yeah. You know, maybe Don Mitchell will come out and have a hot playoff run like he did last year.
0: I don't don't know, man. When he got to the second round against this pretty much exact same Houston team, he kind of burned out. So I I don't know what his plans are. That's true. But but moving on to the Eastern Conference, the more hopefully competitive and entertaining to watch conference. Uh, We're going to start with the first seed and eighth seed Milwaukee Bucks and Detroit Pistons. Uh, Personally, I think Milwaukee's got this in the bag, but uh, once again, your thoughts.
1: Greek freak.
2: Greek freaking four.
0: Well, (laughs) if I see this going out the way it is, uh, they're going to be putting up Giannis and Brooke Lopez against Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Does that seem fit?
1: I think that Andre Drummond will have a solid – a solid round, but I just think that Giannis will overpower Blake Griffin in every aspect.
0: Well, absolutely, and then that means they're going to run small, so they're going to put Chris Middleton at the three, and when you have Giannis going into the block every drive, he's going to get a double team, and if you leave a shooter like Chris open, that just opens up the entire four, and it's, it's what they've been doing the whole season. So that's why I honestly think they have this in the bag.
3: Yep, sounds like we need to get the brooms out.
0: Well, if that's the final verdict, we'll move on here.
3: (laughs) All right, moving on to the 2 versus 7 matchup. We have the Toronto Raptors facing the Orlando Magic, making a long-awaited return to the postseason.
0: About time. After years of turmoil with coaches and bad draft picks, it's about time.
1: Yeah, Dwight Howard, uh, he was the last man to bring the Magic to the... To the playoffs, and you know, I think a uh, another center this time has brought them to the playoffs. And uh, Nikola Vucevic, what do you all think? He's
3: I, very underrated, very definitely, criminally very criminally. Yes,
1: when you put up twenty
3: and twelve, and you play and you play for a team that shouldn't probably be in the playoffs, but somehow got him above five hundred, got him to the seven seed.
2: I definitely I,
3: think Vucevic is underrated.
2: I am very surprised that the Orlando Magic are, are the 7th seed in the East. I truly am. I I'm resolve. very
1: surprised, too, because their point guard is DJ Augustine. Well, yep.
0: And, and that does not to me,
1: that just does not sound like a playoff point guard. But, you know, they do have a, a solid uh, front court with uh, Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. But um, they also have Mo Bamba off the bench. They have uh, Evan Fournier in the lineup. He's a knockdown shooter. You know, they might be able to pull off a couple games.
2: I uh, think Toronto has a good chance to make it out of the East, Uh, especially since this
1: year they don't have to go through LeBron. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, you know one thing about Toronto is uh, I also I mentioned the front court of the Magic, but I also think that the Toronto Raptors front court is also good, and I think they could keep up with them. You know, with Mark Gasol and Pascal.
0: And those are two big men that can actually spread the floor. They both can shoot, so I feel like that really helps them out there. And but if you need to, Mark will go on the block and post up when you need them.
3: Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see the Raptors play at full strength uh, over a consistent period of time. They rested Kawhi a lot this season, so it'll be interesting to see how they fit together as a full team for consecutive games.
1: Yeah, Uh, and I really—one thing, I really just don't see Terrence Ross keeping up with Kawhi Leonard at all. No way. There's no way he can keep up.
0: (laughs) Well, do you see Kyle Lowry doing anything in the playoffs? Like, he's always egged every other one of them? Do, Do you think he'll finally shake off the playoff shambles?
1: Eh, that's just I don't I don't know about me personally. I don't really I, he might do a little bit better, but this season he's taken he's taken quite a bit of a dip, I think, and I I just don't see him stepping it up in the playoffs just because he hasn't in the past. I yeah. feel like
2: the Raptors lineup as a whole, he has more help around him. So I feel like he won't have to do as much and he can rely on his team more. Yeah. Yep. So we all got the
3: Raptors moving on?
2: Yes. Yep. Agreed.
3: All right. Next matchup, we'll be facing the Raptors if they advance. Um, the 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets, led by D'Angelo Russell.
1: I have to go 76ers on this one.
0: Uh, if Jimmy Butler, nor Ben Simmons, nor Joel do anything this playoff series, I think I'm done with the NBA for a good minute.
1: Or Tobias Harris.
0: (laughs) Or exactly right. You're exactly right.
1: You know, they, I feel like they're kind of, they're definitely becoming a super team, in my opinion, because of Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. Um, You know, even as well as J.J. Redick, he is a, he's a lights out shooter. And I think that he's a big difference maker. And I think that I just, I don't see them losing. And my big boy, Bobon, Bobon, big guy, you know, I think he, he'll come <laughs> off the bench and he'll play solid defense, he'll get rebounds, he'll get buckets, and I think they're going to be a force to mess with. You're exactly right. <laughs> with
0: J.J. Redick even doing this at the age of 34 is something to remark about. But at the same time, we can't uh, disclose Brooklyn here. They're here for a reason. They They fought hard probably as much as any Eastern Conference team has, maybe other than Orlando. But... I personally I just I don't see Jared Allen keep it up with Joel. That's just not even an equation. Don't Spencer, disrespect
2: Joel like that.
0: <laughs> You're exactly right. he will burn me on his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh I just uh Spencer Dinwiddie he's gonna be shut down by Jimmy Butler the whole game. Even with his thumb injury across the season, his shooting may be affected by it. Uh, I just feel like the guard play and the front court play just don't match up with this team. Yeah, as much as
3: I want to go Brooklyn Nets in this one, uh, I definitely think that the 76ers will just overpower them, Uh, the home court advantage, the playoff experience. Uh,
1: I love D'Angelo
3: Russell and his ice water in his veins, but I'm going to go with the
1: 76ers. What do you think about that uh, guard matchup between D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons, though? Uh, One shoots lights out. One doesn't shoot his
3: all. Um I think D'Angelo Russell might be able to hold his own, actually.
1: I think he would, too, honestly. I think that's really the only interesting matchup between the two teams, honestly. But, well, yeah, height I plays a big centers. factor
0: in this, too, because Ben Simmons is 6'10", and D'Angelo's six 6'5". If D'Angelo tries to spot up and shoot anything, Ben Simmons can easily just lift that right hand up and swat it. So.
1: Yeah, but speed also takes a factor. I think Absolutely. D'Angelo Russell is quicker than him.
0: Well, I, so I think I he can know. still create his shot.
2: D'Angelo Russell is having his best season this year, and I'm just not sure he can will them to victory. I just don't think he has enough help around him against a pretty stout 76ers team.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: Well, I think that's the end of that series discussion. Uh, moving on to the final playoff series altogether the four seed Boston Celtics and the fifth seed Indiana Pacers, this one, I think, is a guaranteed game seven
1: This will be a Jim Dandy of a series
0: <laughs> absolutely partner, you're exactly right.
1: you know, everybody expected the Celtics to come out this year winning the East, but I think they've really underperformed this year, and I think I don't see how they have. I think it's a uh, it's a, just a team issue. I don't think their chemistry as is as good as it should be. I don't think Kyrie has been a great leader, and I I don't know. I really don't know how this will play out, but I do agree that it will it could be a game six or some game seven. Their over-under
3: win total was 59 games, and they underachieved by 10 games, only winning 49.
2: You, you said uh, Irving not being a good leader. You kind of need a leader on – a team that young with Tatum and Brown specifically fairly new players in the league. Um, yeah, backup point guard. Um, and they hit some, they hit a few bumps in the road early. I just don't think they ever found their rhythm later in the season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And, you know, the only, really the only thing that I'm worried about with the Pacers is Victor Oladipo being out. Um, But I think they can make up for it with uh, Sabonis and Miles Turner and Tyreek Evans has stepped it up. I think they could I think they could pull it off, honestly.
0: Uh, I honestly believe Victor Oladipo is the only thing that kept them from a two or a third seed.
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree.
0: Before they got hurt, they were tearing up the east like they were going to take the one seed. But he tears his quad and now they're at just a fifth. I, I still remember the post where everybody's like, well, Indiana's out of the playoffs. Bye. But at the same time, you got to uh, commend uh, head coach Nate McMillan for that. He's kept them together really well. And I know it's against Brad Stevens, the X and O genius. But I, part of me thinks Nate's got his number here just because of the underwhelming season that Boston's had.
1: I really yeah, do. I agree. I agree. and I th- honestly think that he's, he could be in the running for coach of the year
0: absolutely
2: and i i've been impressed with the pacers play since oladipo went down uh they've been able to hold it together i like uh the way sabonis has been playing bogdanovich miles turner those guys
0: sabonis so, yeah. is having a career year you're absolutely. exactly right if only oladipo was here guys then i this wouldn't even be a series to me really
1: yeah no i agree but uh Demonts Simonis you know I think that he's had he, I agree with you he's definitely had a career he's almost averaging a double double with 14 and nine so I think he'll I think he'll especially step it up in the playoffs
3: one qualm I have with the Indiana Pacers is how they closed the season um since March 16th over the past month uh, they only won four games two of which came coming against the same opponent the Pistons um so they definitely stumbled as they crossed the finish line uh you could definitely see that they we're starting to feel the lack of uh, Victor Oladipo in the lineup throughout the past month. Um, hopefully, it doesn't carry over too bad into the playoffs. But does anyone else have any thoughts on how they finish the season?
0: Well, I think that speaks in terms of difficulty because if they've only won four games since March 16th, that speaks to the term of difficulty of the teams. Um, especially if every game they've played past that point were playoff teams, except the Hawks. Yeah, that's
2: exactly right. 13 of those 14 games were against playoff teams.
0: And and if you're to be able to stay within the middle of the pack in your conference for playoff seeding, even after going through all those losses, that speaks to your team's success before then. Like, and that shows that your team still has it. You just went through the toughest stretch of the season when playoff teams are just heating up and getting all their players going and getting them into that mindset that, hey, a championship's coming. So,
1: for this one, I think I'm going to go with the Pacers. I'm going to call the upset. Uh, I think that they're front court. I think that. You know, with the Celtics, they have Al Hortford and Morris and I think they, they are they're able to stretch the floor, but when, you know, posting up, I don't think that they can defend Miles Turner or Sabonis. And I think that the Pacers will have a uh, superior matchup in that aspect.
0: Absolutely. And completely I'd be, right.
2: I'd be surprised if it wasn't a seven game series, but I'm going uh,
0: Boston to move on.
3: I'm gonna take the Celtics.
0: So we're gonna go two v two here, Indiana and Boston.
1: Looks like it. All right, no, let's right. beat him. All
0: right. All right. Let's,
1: all right. let's finish <laughs> off. We saw right. how
2: well that worked out in the Final Four, didn't we? Okay, <laughs> go.
1: All right, let's finish off this playoff discussion with our predictions for the finals. What do you guys think? Who do you see winning the NBA Finals this year?
0: Uh, the team with five All-Stars. How about that?
1: That's fair. That's fair. Chad, what do you think? I'm also going with the Warriors. Okay, that's also fair. Devin, what do you think? <laughs>
3: Uh, unfortunately, KD gets his uh, third ring, uh, even though he didn't earn it. And okay. the Warriors win again.
1: Okay, we you are cl- crazy because clearly I'm the only one that thinks the Pistons are going to win. Ah, I'm just kidding. No, it's <laughs> yeah, definitely going to be the Warriors. Move.
0: Yeah, yeah. Be the
2: Warriors move. My finals predict- pr- prediction is the Warriors and the Bucks. I know it's 2 1 seeds, but I just think those are the two best teams in the league uh, this year.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that's probably my finals prediction there. Even though Joel said it'd be him in Philadelphia, I just don't see that happening. Um, simply because the Milwaukee, they had a 60 win season. Uh, I, I've been alive for 20 years and I've never said that sentence in my life. So that means something special is coming up in the works. So I, I, that's going to be my prediction.
1: Uh, yeah, for my prediction, I'm going to go with uh, the Warriors and the 76ers in the finals. I think that they both have the most developed starting lineups in the league, and I think it'll be a good matchup, and I think the 76ers will get to the finals over the Bucks. What do you think, Devin?
3: I'm going to join you in that call of the 76ers versus the Warriors in the finals. So it sounds like it's uh, you and me versus Chad Noah for the Sixers hey, here's an, versus the Bucs. Yep, here's another
1: 2v2. Let's get
3: more.
0: all right. Well, somebody's gonna have to take us to dinner for this. This is starting to get out of hand. We need to make some bets here.
1: <laughs> what? Uh, how many games do you all think it's gonna take? Six.
3: Um, I'm going
1: six.
0: If, if it's Milwaukee, six. But if it's uh, Golden State and Philadelphia, I will take seven on that because that they're both super teams in their own right. So.
2: And now to close up the podcast, we will be moving on to our recurring segment, Performance of the Week. Josh, you want to go first?
1: Uh, for my Performance of the Week, I'm going with Russell Westbrook against the Houston Rockets. I think you know that he, he had a really strong game, finishing with yet another triple-double. He had 29 points, 10 uh, 10 assists, and 12 rebounds, and I think that he was really clutch there at the end when he hit that three to tie the game, and of course uh, Paul George hitting that three at the end to win the game. And I think that it was a combination of the two, but I'm going Russell for uh, I'm going Russell for performance of the week. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks
3: in a row. Two weeks in a
1: row. Yeah, he had the 20, 20, 20, and now he's got yet another triple double.
2: All right, Chad, what's your performance of the week?
1: Well, my performance of the week
2: has to be Jamal Crawford. The man scored 51 points on Tuesday against the Dallas Mavericks. And in that game became the oldest player ever in the NBA to score 50 points in a game. And then on top of that, including that game, he also became the first player to score 50 points with four different franchises, those being the Knicks, Bulls, Warriors, and the Suns. So, uh, he's getting up there in age, but uh, he's still got the big guns. All
1: right, Devin, what's your performance of the week?
2: Uh, this has been a
3: basketball podcast up to this point, but uh, I'm going to dive back into baseball for my performance of the week. Uh, i I'm no, focus... imagine that. <laughs> I'm going to focus on Austin Meadows, who's had a nice breakout the past week. Uh, when you look at the 2013 first-round pick, um, he got traded to the Tampa Bay Rays last season. And you can definitely tell the change of scenery, the everyday roll has uh, definitely increased his production this year. He's currently slashing 367, 446, and 796, uh, giving him an OPS of 1242, which are just outstanding numbers. Um, he's managed to cut his strikeout to walk ratio in half from 40 to 10 to 13 and 7, uh, which is definitely impressive for a player with as much power as Austin Meadows. Uh, so hopefully he's able to keep up his uh, performance and uh, hopefully he can develop nicely going into his 24-year-old season.
1: All right, Noah, with the final performance of the week, what do you got? Zion. I I don't need to say
0: more. Y'all have heard it. <laughs> yeah, I think we've heard uh, it from ESPN. You've heard it from CBS. You've heard it from Fox. Hell, you've probably heard it from Fox Sports South. He's averaged 23 points nine rebounds and two steals and two blocks as a freshman from Duke the entire season. And he won the wooden award for this this week. That's why he's my performance. And mm-hmm. you could clearly see that without him on the court, Duke was nothing. Absolutely nothing. RJ couldn't do it by himself. Cam Reddish couldn't do it by himself. <laughs> and Jack White surely isn't going to do it. So just because of him, they reached the elite eight. So, uh it's hard not to deny him of the award but everything i just said you've heard five times
1: yeah but what do you eat for breakfast this morning
0: uh, i <laughs> no
1: nah, i'm just kidding well all right guys uh,
2: that wraps up this episode remember to follow us on twitter and instagram again the handle is at the Pod, and be sure to send us your feedback on our email address theftspod at gmail.com and also, be sure to join our NFL.com Predict the Pick. The link is on our Twitter account, so you can join the group through there. The group name is From the Sidelines. Uh, we love to hear from you guys, and we'll be back again next week.
1: Bye. Bye. Have a great